As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? We just lost our eighth Big 12 game. We just lost our... I'm trying to do the Whopper Whopper song. It's not working. Yeah. I can't even get through it. I was prepared. I was prepared to do it the entire time if we won our first Big 12 game. But it doesn't have the same fun, taunting tone to uh, talk about... Losing your eighth, yeah, not not when you're uh, you're zero and eight. Um, I don't know what the exact line was. I think it was like three and a half or whatever. You actually were you came into this game favored. Uh, and yes, I think I did see three and a half. Yeah, you end up losing by fifteen <laughs> to the ninth place team. So when when we were talking about uh, how Texas Tech was was firmly in last place, I think that I mean obviously solidifies it, right? Like you get your ass kicked by team number nine. Um, yeah, yeah. So own eight. Uh, I I I don't have the exact number in front of you, but this is the worst losing streak you've had in decades. Um, I mean I. I don't know what all there is to say. Okay, Spencer. So exactly five years ago, this month, we started this podcast. And that was Chris Beard's second season. He had just completed his first season with a 6-12 and 12 record, but we didn't have a podcast then. And so we weren't recapping games. And it probably wasn't as painful. So we came in, and right as we start this the Red Raiders rattle off an 11 and seven record in big 12 play, go to the tournament for only the second time in a decade. And then they won 14, then they won nine, then they won nine, then last year they won 12. And right now we're staring down best case scenario of nine. Mm -hmm. And so we have never had to recap anything nearly this sad and terrible dare i so say it's, it's unprecedented unprecedented All, well you know I mean, billy gillespie now. had a he was he was one in 17 so he had a he had a rough go chris walker was three and 15 but we weren't having to talk into a microphone about it we were just probably ignoring it or i was i was a what student back the then chris walker games because mm-hmm. let's see was that the year yeah that was the I definitely went to one Chris Walker game because that was uh, when they introduced Kingsbury. 
That mm-hmm. was in 2012. So I at least went to that one. I think I saw him play at Alabama. I remember I went to the uh, Gillespie press conference in the USA. Wow. And uh, he made some kind of weird joke about sheep. Okay. And it was like, it was directed at A&M. Oh God. And like back then I was like, hell yeah. I ate, th- I ate that up, man. I thought it was hilarious and that, that was he probably, was. But, let, let me see. When did A&M leave? That was probably right around that time, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I, Cause he had coached there, didn't he? Well, Billy Clyde was 2011 to 12. So he started in 2011, but well, been there. kind of make, make it relevant too. Yeah. That was when they were leaving the conference. But yeah, this is like you were talking about earlier historically bad um retweet we retweet if you're with us it's just that's bad you know let's stop that just getting blown out at home by a team that has one win one more win than you we've got two now still one oh yeah they got two got two um i i watched a good deal of this game and then I was like, I was out. Uh, I was watching my phone. Then like where we ended up, uh, we were, so I'm just random side story. I'm one of the young boys leaders for church. So like the eight to 11 year olds. Mm-hmm. And we were out at this, uh, this basketball practice facility. They, they, we have a connection there, a friend. One of the other leaders has a friend that owns it. Uh, yeah, man. You bring your kids out there. We'll 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 do some training. They had the game up there. I tried to watch on my phone. Like like it was like so low service. It just said SOS. <laughs> so th- there were times in the game where I couldn't watch it. Um, but like we were leaving the facility. Tech was down two or three. By the time I got back to the church and dropped off a kid, picked up Samantha and Hayden, and then got home, we had lost by fifteen. And just like, man, like <laughs> I, 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 I was listening to it, but like the second half, man, it was just, just disastrous. Um, I'm so I, I'm going to ask you some questions. I, I'm assuming you watched the game, Michael. Yes. Cause I'm looking at the box score here and I did hear that Elijah Fisher was playing a lot of minutes. He played 15 minutes tonight. He got, Two points. Uh, I kind of don't remember him playing. He had the most minutes off the bench. I'm really surprised it was 15. I don't remember him contributing just a whole lot. But Kerwin Walton played 14 minutes and looks like he fouled out. Yeah, he fouled out early. I wish I could find where, where he fouled out. I'm surprised he was still playing. When was that? Substitution log. Yeah, that doesn't help. And then the other person with the four fouls was, uh, was Bacho. 28 minutes, four fouls, four points. Okay, well, it wasn't early. There was six minutes left in the second half, but that sure felt early because the game just kept going. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just... It, it did, didn't it? stopped. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I think the big story, one of the big stories of the game 
one is I didn't see what had happened or why AMAC was in a boot, but he was in a boot, so he didn't play. I, I saw tweets before the game that said he had he was dealing with a bruise on his foot, the same foot that he had dealt with the, the broken bone. Yeah. The other story is Isaacs went down. He awkwardly kind of landed on a player after a three-point attempt and looked like rolled his ankle. And I think that was sort of confirmed when he came back out in a boot. He was in his own boot sitting next to Dawes. So that's fun. That's a good image. Well, even then, even then though, he, I mean, he played 18 minutes and scored two points. Right. So it's not like he was all that effective before he went out. I mean, he was one of four from the field, 0 of two from three. Yeah, not super productive tonight, but... You know, O'Banner really was. I think O'Banner, he, I know he missed some free throws last game. He was perfect from the line tonight, five for five, seven of 16 from the field. That would have been a lot better if you take out his three-pointers, which was one for six. Um, he, has, he still has yet to have a multiple three-pointer game since Kansas. Uh, he's, but he did have 20 points tonight, only one turnover, eight boards, almost had a double-double. He was really your high point of the game. And of course, Harmon, you know, when he gets in there and he, he's given the ball, and especially when Isaacs came out, uh, he was the, the main ball handler. So he was able to get quite a few shots on his own, five of 10, 14 points, a uh, couple of assists. I mean, those are hard to come by on this team. Bacho had the most with three. But I, I think the story, aside from just continuing to be abysmal beyond the three-point line, three of 20 for the night. The story is rebounds. You just got your ass handed to you on the rebounds. Uh, I mean, in the first half, things evened out a little bit, but I couldn't believe it. In the first half, Texas Tech shot 43% Spencer, and they were still down by five. And West Virginia shot 30%. And so where did that come from? It's because West Virginia got seven more shots in the first half than Texas Tech. Shots were at a premium in the first half. Tech was 10 of 23. West Virginia was nine of 30. But they were getting rebounds. They were getting uh, three-pointers to fall. And in the first half, that rebound, uh, Tech had 13 to West Virginia's 24. And then it ended, what did it end with? Texas Tech had 27 to West Virginia's 44. Right. So it did not slow down. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, Tech picked up zero ground on that. West Virginia just completely dominated the boards. And I think that's the big story of the game. We've known this team is small. We keep seeing it over and over. Um, I mean, the, the only highlight is points in the paint. The no middle defense worked. Great. They just scored, you know, out of the 76 points they scored, uh, let's see, 66 scored outside the paint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the, West Virginia was not a good shooting team tonight. I mean, they were, they shot 37%, 19 makes. They made 19 buckets on the night on 51 I mean, attempts. They average attempting a game. I mean, they, they came in, obviously thinking, okay, we're just going to fire up threes against these guys. They shot 21 threes in the first half. They averaged 20 per game. They shot 35 in the game. Yeah. They're yeah. not very good at it. Yeah. They were only 29%. I mean, 28.6, yeah. 
Yeah, that one guy, Wilson, who was playing out of his mind, who hit like his career high of 12 points. I mean, he had five threes. Two of them were banks. Ugh. So, yeah, it's there's some bad luck in there, but not when you lose by 15 at home to a one and 17. There, there's, you're just not very good. You can't make a three. You can't defend the three, even against a team that doesn't shoot very many of them and doesn't shoot it well. And then, you know, when it was obvious the refs were going to try to get this to 50 fouls, Texas Tech just, I, I mean, I guess credit them for still being aggressive, but they got called for 27 fouls and sent West Virginia to the line 35 times. They were 28 of 35. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so that West Virginia hit 80% of their free throws. Texas Tech hit 69.6%. Uh, to your point, the game ended at 48 fouls, which is a, a thing with these with these West Virginia games. It's just one. They, they always have. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to say always has been, but for the last several years. Yeah, yeah it's it's been a lot more, uh, I guess, grinded out at, at the free throw line, which they did. They 28 of 35. You were 16 of 23. So there's one. They shot 12 more attempts than you did. They made 12 more attempts. Uh, and that doesn't totally make up the difference in the game, right? When you lost by 15, but if you hadn't hit the same, you know, if you hit 28 free throws and you had, you know, those extra 12 points, then we can kind of nitpick like, oh, well, it was just a, a bad shot selection here or it was, um, you know, like the play coming out of the timeout with 250 left that was kind of questionable, like, which, which we do, right? And I, 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 sure. I made both those scenarios up. But, <clears throat> I mean, there's not much to, to really nitpick when you look at uh, losing by 15. Uh, and, and we talked about how, you know, West Virginia was a ninth-place team, uh, at least in the conference. And you, had, you were coming into this game with uh, the expectation or the, the projection to win this one. You lose it. You lose it big. Um, I mean, I guess you're, you're, you had a 10 point lead at one point, uh, early yeah. on in the first half. So Pretty again, on, rattled off, rattled off an eight Oh run to start the game basically. And I think that 10 point lead was within that first four or five minutes. I'd have to go back and you were up 15 to five with 13, 10 left in the game in the first half. Okay. So in the first seven. And then it started to slowly, they slowly started to chip away and chip away. Uh, you know, the, the combined free throws and threes accounted for 58 points of their 76 points tonight. I, that almost would have beat Tech on their own. If they hadn't made a, another single shot, it would have been a three-point game. So I, I don't, this team doesn't play defense. They can't hit a three. They can't get an open shot. They turn the ball over too much. Uh, they're just getting outplayed in every facet of the game. I heard from um, someone who's like not in the sports world, but connected enough to, to know these type of things. Um, it's in a group text afterwards. So like, I, you know, take this with a grain of salt or whatever you want to do. Uh, they basically said that he will air quote retire after this year. Well, I think if he does that, then he leaves 
He's got seven and a half million reasons not to. I guess that's true. Uh, he's going to have to to force their hand. I mean, because I, I, I don't know w- w- what you can say. And and and, and those that are um, all on the retweet, if you're with us, or just hang on, like, like yeah, like he was he was he was a good coach last year. The team was good. Um, it felt like you were you were going to be able to to rebound from losing Chris Beard. Uh, it looked like you had made the right choice, and you did last year. Um, but for all of the reasons that we've kind of talked about or hinted at, or you know, on the court, off the court, uh, any combination of whatever it is, you suck. You suck this year. Yeah. Um, and you know this is at a point where you can't really afford to let the conference pass you up. I mean, the, the, you're bringing in four more schools. Uh, one of which is top five and you know, another top five type of program in Houston, at least right now they are, um, you know, BYU is a, a pretty good squad. Like you're not, you're not bringing in like some, some scrubs, right? And even then, like we, you've seen when, when the, the Big 12 did add teams that shouldn't have, have been able to compete, they got on your level real fast. Uh, so all, all that to say is like, I mean, you can't really be like super patient. Like, well, let's give them a whole lot more time. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm because I'm not the person in charge and that's not my job. I don't, I don't, I don't get paid to, to make the decisions on behalf of the, the athletic department. I was like, like, I don't want to be like, well, you should do this. You should do that. Like there are a thousand different things that are being weighed and considered and all that kind of stuff. We know like 1% of it, maybe. Um, but from the outside, from, from the perspective of like, at least the direction the program is in, um, it's not good. Uh, there's, there's nothing that I, I've seen that you can be like, well, if, if we can just look at that for the future, um, you know, like he's, he's, he's not really great with the donors. He's not been great recruiting. He totally, I would say whiffed on, on the transfer portal. Uh, when you're, tr- you know, tra- transfers you bring in, you, you brought in are contributing the way they are. Um, there are certain, certainly questions to be, to be asked about how, how the staff has been handled uh, and, and who's doing what and why those people are doing what they're doing. Um, I mean that like there have been fans uh, and, 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 and those that are, I guess a little more into it than just like the casual fan that watched the game and say, Oh, they lost again tonight. But those that have, you know, a little bit bit more of a discerning eye are are picking up that like Adams is doing everything. Like he's, he's, he's calling offense. He's calling defense. He's, he's picking subs. Um, it's like, well, what's the rest of the staff doing? Like what, what, what does he have them doing if, if, if he's doing everything and it looks like this, like, I don't know. There's just, there's so many things that point to everything being off and wrong. Um, 
and you, you can, I think you can point to last year and say, yeah, he was a good coach. Um, but the results on the court and everything else we've seen, uh, aren't acceptable. And it's, you know, it, in my opinion would be okay to make a separation and move in a different direction. I feel like a broken record because we, we just got finished having this conversation, you know, five games into every football season, except for last year. Yep. And so it's, it's been, it was a nice reprieve to not have to deal with that. At least, you know, while we've been on this podcast with the basketball team, I don't think any of us ever felt, well, it's time to fire Chris Beard. I don't, I don't think any of us felt that way. Uh, with Adams, I, I'm still going to kind of fall back on how I felt with Wells, which is hard to kind of stomach and say, but I just thought three seasons. I just have in my head, you, you've got to, three seasons seems like a reasonable ask. Uh, in this case, I I still feel that way because there are still 10 games left to play. Who knows? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not expecting anything crazy. I'm really not. But if if there's anything that's hopeful, there is some history that can kind of help us a little bit. You know, Tubby Smith, this isn't the same because Tubby Smith didn't inherit a 12 and six big 12 team. You know, he came in after Chris Walker took over when Gillespie was fired and Walker was three and 15 in the big 12. Tubby Smith came in and was six and 12. And we thought that was some pretty good improvement. Uh, the most big 12 wins, you know, since 2007 when Bob Knight was last there. So, but his second year, he dipped down to three and 15 and then bounced back got that 99 record and got that first uh, NCAA trip since uh, Bob Knight. But that's not even an equivalent here because Adams did so well last year. It's shocking to see this team finish with the, the best possible record would be still two games less of what they did last year and that would involve them going on a 10-0 run. So it's it's very implausible at this point, but I just still I'm still holding out some hope. I'm not the I'm not the person on Twitter saying, you know, you should have just always say positive things. And I'm still a fan. Like, well, good for you. We're, we're all still fans. We're all still fans. And if if you're not frustrated, you should be. Why the hell are you not frustrated? Just because the kids play hard? Yeah, they play hard. Because the kid the, the the coaches are coaching hard. Yeah, they're coaching hard. They're trying. Adams at least got a technical tonight. You know, that showed something. He almost got one against Kansas State. Yeah, but it's... Even with all of this effort, it is not working. It is not translating to not even not wins. I mean, tonight wasn't even competitive basketball. The last half was just... I, I tweeted at halftime when Tech was down by five. Like It just felt like we might as well be down by 20. It just felt insurmountable, just an impossible lead to overcome when you managed 28 points in the first half. She shot 45%, and you shot seven less shots and are still down by five. So 
as frustrated as I am, I still am going to I'm not I'm not calling for his head. I'm not doing that. Not yet. I want to see how the season plays out. I may feel differently after the end of the season, obviously for 0 and 18. Okay. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's it. If they rattle off four games, if they're four in a row. You know, I mean, one positive for Adams, I will say, is I feel like Bacho's really developed into something a lot more than we thought he could be. He has been kind of hit or miss these last few games. He he did play better tonight without Amac in there. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a mental thing or what, but he still didn't add a lot of stuff on the score sheet. He still was manhandled down low. Man, he had a horrible, misfortunate sequence of events um, where he got stuffed at the rim two-handed on the one of the cleanest blocks you'll ever see and then he tried to block another guy and he whiffed so bad that I think he hit the rim so hard that his butt like flew out from under him and Bacho landed on the ground and the other guy just slammed it I mean it was it was rough so as soon as I say that some other things popped up that weren't great but Isaacs has been he was a good player to get he's been a bright spot uh, O'Banner can be a bright spot he still has the, the quietest 18 20 points a game in Big 12 play aside from one or two games he's still Tech's leading scorer it just in the quietest way imaginable but his inability to make from three has been a tremendous uh, thorn in our side there's just nothing nothing you can do to overcome it when those streaks happen they happened last year too yeah so I'm looking at um, season stat totals right now and you were talking about Bacho sorry O'Banner um, he's uh, he's taking the most shots at 207 uh, compared to 196 for Davion Harmon. Uh, O'Banner is hitting 50%. He's 103 of 207. It's 31% from three. Um, Bacho is 60% on five attempts, so he's three of five. <laughs> O'Banner's 25 of 81. Isaacs is 47 of 127. So he's definitely the guy that you're looking at to, to take a lot of threes, uh, hitting 37%. Um, I mean, you just... I don't know. I had, uh, I think I was going to look at something else. There was something else I was thinking about, Michael, and it's, it would be one thing if this team was losing in the same way every week, every game. Like, oh, we just, we just keep getting manhandled off the glass. Like we give up a ton of, of second chance points. Uh, and, and I guess one thing is, um, more so than, than just about everything else is threes, right? Like we're just a, yeah. not a good defensive team against threes. Um, but it feels like it feels like there's something else every night. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're bad. You're not great in like a, a ton of different areas, uh, which makes you vulnerable in a ton of different areas. So like, what do you focus on? Whereas like, well, we're bad at one thing. Like we can, we can kind of get over that if, you know, if we can be good in other areas, but if you're kind of bad at like a lot of things, um, 
Cause like, I mean, right. Like it, it, it felt like, uh, when, when the games were really, really close, it's like, well, we, we can nitpick on one play here, one shot here. Um, or, you know, how we draw up a play out, out of, you know, coming out of bounds or whatever. And that's really important to, to figure out. Right. Um, but these past few games when you're losing by 10, 12, 15, you're just like, well, I don't know, man. Like I, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a collapse on all phases Uh, and to not to pick on him more, but in the last six big 12 games, O'Banner is three of 23 from three. That's yeah. 13%. And I, I don't have it for, for, for Big 12, but I know he's on some kind of really atrocious streak of like 23 or 24 turnovers to like two assists or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going too well either. I could probably do some math on that because I, um, I pulled up. At least on, on this season, he's got 44 turnovers to 20 assists. Um, He is the most heavily fouled player on the team, but he's also got the most minutes. <laughs> Anyways, I just... When 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 you said... Uh, we, we're talking about when, when Kingsbury... Not Kingsbury. Wells, you, you talked about how, how a, a, at least in football, they should get three years. My biggest piece that I, w- I would disagree with you there is it takes a little bit longer to, to craft the roster how you want it. Um, where you can only really replace 25% every year where like we saw Texas Tech do it. They can essentially overturn the, the entire thing um, and, and you know, re- replace guys 100% from one year to the next. Uh, so I think, I think they did they did 80% last year, wasn't it? Yeah. They just keep three guys. Yeah, it was 10 of 13. Um so one, like you, you would probably want to keep that number relatively low so you can focus on like, I only need to get four guys this year and I'm going to, I'm going to focus on getting the four best guys instead of I need 10. Um, now again, like we don't know exactly where all the, the conversations were or like, you know, whether it was mutual or all that kind of stuff, but like, you know, had you retained Nadolny, Shannon, McCuller, um, you know, what would this team look like now? Would it be marginally better, significantly better, marginally worse? Like, would the team be worse? I don't know. Uh, and obviously you, you can't prove that one way or the other. But, um, like, I, I, I just... I have a positive. Yeah, what's that? He did really hit well on Bryson Williams. Yeah, but he's not here anymore. But that—that's that, a positive somewhere. Yeah, and and I I think a lot of us were were kind of hoping Amac would be uh, not not like Bryson Williams, but you know the big guy that could score, that could do everything, uh, and and to to play devil's advocate, you know he hasn't been able to play for a majority of the season. I think he's played what three games. Um, oh, that's a good point. I'm not sure how many he's maybe four. Maybe four. But also on the flip side of that, you didn't win the four games he played in. <laughs> That's easy to track. Um, That's very easy to track. So, 
Nope, you're right. It's just three. Texas, Baylor, and K-State. So you've got uh, LSU coming up. I would say, like, I mean, it's your next best winnable game, but it's non-conference game, so, like, who really cares? Yeah, and it's an away game, which Texas Tech hasn't won all year. I had some other stuff pulled up on them. They are also, as fate would have it, currently one and seven in conference. And Tech just lost by 15 at home to the one and seven, uh, one and seven team in conference. Uh, they were just blown out last night by Arkansas, 40 to 60. Ooh. At Arkansas. But, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know what, Tech's really walking into. I don't really want to burn calories looking it up right now. <laughs> Whatever. It's they're walking into another loss. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go to Baton Rouge and they're going to lose to another team that they should theoretically win. Uh, because I was I started it and I'm kind of committed. I'm going to look it up. Texas Tech away. LSU has the metric start has it at a six point you know, five and a half point favor for Texas Tech really mm-hmm. does that factor in tonight I know he's pretty quick yeah probably because he's got LSU as the number 167 team I know you're you're just free falling um, you're at 63 yeah, I've seen a line on my action app, but that doesn't mean anything. I don't think those come out to like 24 hours before the game. Has a metric has a, actually has you just one spot better in Oklahoma, so you're not, you know, in that in that aspect, not the last place team, uh, but you sure are in the record. Um, anyways, um, so there's that. I mean, you, you could win that game and break your eight game losing streak, but. Uh, I mean, does that does that help the mentality to get back into conference play, or is it just like, like, do you just write it off as like, oh, that was just non-conference? Where you're like, hey, a win's a win. I th- I think for fans, it, hel- it it most of us will be like, yeah, okay, big deal. <laughs> but I think for the players, it could really help. I mean, I mean, they obviously this is a lot to play for for them because they could be looking at it as it's almost a halfway point. It's kind of a turning point. This is a game where there's technically a lot less riding on it. Uh, but when you're dead last in the conference and haven't won a game, I mean, I mean, there's just not much riding on any of them. But I think for fans, most most of us are jaded enough at this point to just go, okay, big deal. You beat a, a one in seven team that you were favored by four on the road and you actually did it. Good job. Whereas the team may really, really need this. So it could help. I mean, yeah. especially it's got to <laughs> help because then Tech's got to turn around and host the team that blew them out of the gym before it was halftime in Ames on Monday. I mean, I mean, that's a quick turnaround. So they'll be heading to Baton, Bat, Baton Rouge come back and host Iowa State Monday night at 8 o'clock. And that Iowa State team just beat Kansas State last night. 
top Damn. five team, yeah. Kansas State. I mean, a legit top five team. And then Baylor is Saturday, so Tech gets a good a good break. So Saturday, February fourth, in Waco, on CBS. I'm sure everybody thought this was going to be a little something different when they scheduled this. I mean, did going back to the question about whether or not it's going to help, I mean, you are in net rankings, not that we need to pay a lot of attention to net rankings because you're 73rd here, not going to make the tournament. What is the NI, what are the NIT rankings? <laughs> but you were 0 and 9, 0 and 10 in quad one and quad two games. Uh, you have, you're two and zero in quad three, so your best victory so far in the season against is Eastern Washington or Louisiana Tech. Uh, beating LSU would qualify as a uh, your best win. Um, yeah. I don't know what the cutoff is about road versus away, but at least in terms of net, LSU is one thirty three, but on the road. That may be a quad two game. I don't know. Not that you need to boost your resume, Michael. But uh, yeah, that may not, be your best. We're not going to be. Yeah, selections Sunday. We're just. We're not holding my breath. Out, um, no, uh, getting our lawns ready for the spring. That's what we need to be doing on selection Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I've got big plans this year, Michael. Oh, you do? Go in the yard, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get into that for real at some point. Oh, okay. All right. We've got some trying grass to, to grow. To softball that up there if you wanted to change the subject. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I do. I, didn't, but I don't. Disappointing basketball team. <clears throat> we are doing a countdown to first pitch. Excited about yes. baseball. Uh, I do I do want to clarify or, or just provide a little bit of context. One, um because of my recent text tech baseball fandom in terms of like just recency bias, you're, you're going to see a lot of recent names on this list. And one that that may help with a lot of the, the people on Twitter like, Hey, I know that guy I watched him play. Um, two, there are guys that would require like a multi tweet thread to list all their accomplishments. Like Clint Bryant the other day could have had several tweets. Um, there are other guys like that. And it's like, I feel bad cherry picking these things here because like everything matters. Um, like Clint Bryant holds, I don't know if I put it in the tweet, but like something like nine of the season records at Texas tech in terms of like games played hits, doubles, triples, home runs. Like he's a leader in like all these categories. Um, and he's one of only four retired numbers. Oh, wow. For Texas Tech. Um, but moving forward, we're going to have a bunch of guys like, I, I, I remember watching that guy play. Um, there's There are a couple of days I could probably roll out two or three tweets of like all the guys that wore that number and be like, everybody have fond memories of that of that guy playing. Um, but we're excited about baseball coming up. Uh, I know from some smoke out of the Dinger Derby camp, preview or previews, should be coming soon. Um, he's got his own countdown planned because one, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't separating toes. He's like, he, I, he's got a, he's got another, another idea in the books for how he's going to 
roll into the season, but, um, yeah, and, and look, uh, you know, you should be going to stake in the plains anyway, but I think Keith's going to post there pretty soon, kind of given his preview on the season and the new players and everything. And Spencer, you won't, you won't do it, but I'll brag on you. That's I've really been enjoying the, your daily tweets with the baseball oh. info. You know me, I'm not a baseball is not my first love or second or third probably, but it's, it's really interesting. So follow, follow us at 23 personnel to get that countdown as, as Spencer gets us ready for baseball season. Yeah, we've got a, let's see today. Today's the 25th. Uh, I've got tomorrow's, Scheduled so okay. So today's was Clint Bryant, uh, and it was scheduled. I've got tomorrow's Brooke Wall- Brooks Wallace. That's another one that could be like a, a total thread all by himself. Uh, number 22, and then the 27th, which would be Friday, got Mason Molina or Bryant Burleson. So, speaking of other high points, the Lady Raiders, yes, 15 <laughs> and five overall, they're three and four in conference. Uh, they took down Texas last week. They were unable to win their next game in West Virginia. Just, I, I, I had that on split screen actually during the Kansas State game because they started at 12 and K-State game started at one. So I, I was trying to watch them both a little bit and they'd go on a run and West Virginia would go on a run. They just couldn't, couldn't sustain it in the end. So it lost by 10 on Saturday, but that's, it was a very close 10, if that makes any sense. Cause I think there were some fouls at the end that kind of increased that lead. Tech was trying to foul to get back in it, but they play again uh, Saturday. Yes. Big game Saturday that. against here in Lubbock against Baylor mm-hmm. two o'clock. And I would love to go, but we have a birthday party that morning and I would have a very grumpy six year old if we went straight from a birthday party where they're playing and running and doing all sorts of stuff to a game like an hour later. So I'd love to go, but I can't. So um, if you're like me and you can't follow the Lady Raiders like you would like, you should check out the Seeing Scarlet podcast. Mm -hmm. They cover the Lady Raiders way better than I ever could and um, follow them on Twitter. You'll be able to hear all their takes on it from a former player who's a fan. And of course, they're both big fans, but it's always nice to hear a, a former player. You can, you can always tell when you're talking to a former player. But uh, yeah, definitely check them out and just check out the later Raiders in general. All the rest of the games are on the ESPN family of networks for the rest of the year. You can find them if you got ESPN Plus. You're set. Uh, there's just like a handful on the ESPNU or some other places. So be sure to look for them. They are a bright spot right now. They are playing good basketball. They've got some really good players. Brie Scott's just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey Maupin is fantastic and she's injured, but hopefully coming back soon. Just, you know, big cat. Katie Farrell is, is, is tough as nails and kind of does everything. So a fun team to watch. So we're trying to end this on a positive note. That's I'm trying to, I'm, I'm taking your lead, Spencer. I feel like that's where you're headed. I thought, let's throw the Lady Raiders in there. Let's throw the track team in there. I don't know. I think they were both, the men's and women's, were ranked in the top 15 preseason or wherever we are now. Sorry. I'm not going to pretend like I'm 
completely up on my track. Sorry, Chase. If Chase is listening, he's going to be like, come on, man. Those are my people. Like, yeah, I know. Sorry, yeah. bud. Anyway, um, kind of a lengthy instant reaction slash podcast. I, I, Michael and I both just whiffed on a notes document. Yeah, we usually have some sort of notes and structure and man, that this is not like us. We just... Just so beat down. I think I think it worked though. We'll see if we'll, let us know what y'all think. Because <laughs> usually we have you know quite a, have it structured quite a bit. A lot of things we want to talk about, and this time it was just Spencer hit record and we just went. Yeah, yeah. I don't even have a what we learned. I hadn't I hadn't thought that far ahead. Do you have one? Do you, Do you have any good? Speaking of ending on high notes, do you have any good? F- any good food you ate over the last week or uh, a good purchase that made your life easier? Just an, an enjoyable <laughs> moment of anything. <laughs> it's hard to think of those right now. I had a, I had a thought about that not that long ago. Like that, that would be, that should be something I, I should include. And what, what did I learn? Here's a I've mic stand one. there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And I hit it with my finger. Um, but yeah, I'll let you go first okay i mean i didn't really learn anything this is just well i guess i did i learned that tuesday nights are a great night for homemade steak fingers what level of homemade as in my wife bought the cube steak on sale oh nice and sliced them up herself battered them deep fried them did the whole thing I came home from work last night to homemade steak fingers and gravy and french fries it was it was magical and I I asked her I even asked her after I was done eating way more than I should have I was like this was this was too good are you about to tell me some bad news (laughs) it's something did our dog die something (laughs) happened yeah but what is what has happened are you buttering me up to tell me some bad news but no no there was no catch uh, my wife just loves me apparently. So that's one of my favorite things is not so much steak fingers, but just chicken fried steak in general. Oh yeah. But I, li- I limit it to once or twice a year uh, because I could eat it a lot. And so I, I really try not to. And, um, and then our little one, our six year old, she likes steak fingers too, which is awesome. So we were all three of us just like chowing down, not eat- Talking a little bit, but mostly just making eating noises. It's the worst. So I, I learned. I learned that that was that was a very bonding moment. Just the whole family have some have some steak fingers on a Tuesday night. You know what we had last night? We had a Mississippi pot roast. Yes, and it's one of the only. Did you do beef or pork? I did beef. Okay. Okay. Um, I love that man. I've I've made pot. I, we have made in my, my house made pot roast twice, and I feel like I felt like I I, I shared it with, with, with some immediate families. Like I'm now old enough to want pot roast. Like I've never felt older in my life. <laughs> um, but if, if you don't know the, the Mississippi pot roast is like it's a uh, you put pepperoncini peppers in it uh the the sauce is a mixture of like packets of uh beef stew au jus and like ranch 
and then you put your vegetables in there. Uh, we just did carrots and then we served. Isn't there, isn't there like an entire stick of butter involved? Well, you do that when you, when you cook the, um, you cook the onion. Okay. So, so what, the way I did it is, is I, I seasoned the, the pot roast and then I seared it on both sides and, and, a, and a, a cast iron and that same pan, I threw in like half a stick of butter and then, uh, a chopped onion, uh, about a pound or so of carrots, but they were like the baby carrots I cut in half. Uh, I did some garlic, um, tomato sauce, the sauce packets, a little bit of water and the peppers. And then you put that, you put all of that, the meat and all the vegetables into your crock pot and then on low for eight hours. Um, and then you serve it with rice or mashed potatoes. We, we did it with mashed potatoes and those little, uh, sister Schubert rolls, the little tiny oh, ones. Man. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. But what I was going to say that I, I remembered about what I learned. Um, I don't know if it's a, one of those, uh, shared pregnancy symptoms that the, the husbands or dads get. Um, but I have had the worst indigestion and heartburn in my life the past few like month. Well, you've been watching an O and eight basketball team, brother. Well, that too. Um, but like to the point where like I'm in the middle of like the 14 day omeprazole treatment, <laughs> which is like the acid reducer that you take every day. Um, I've adjusted like what I eat, how much I eat and when I eat it. So very much like a diet, like a, like a weight loss type of diet. Like I'm very like structured now, um, greatly reduced my soda intake. And I can tell you it's only marginally better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's, but also if I don't do it, I am miserable and like up most, if not all of the night thinking I'm going to get sick and never do which is just as bad as getting sick because you still feel off the next day. Like your stomach is just off and you didn't sleep. Yeah. You'd almost just rather get sick because it's, then you feel like, okay, there's at least some, some that's over release or something. Yeah. Or there's like, okay, I'm done with that. Right. That's how, okay. So you talked about feeling old because you want to pot roast. The other way to start feeling old is when you completely change your dietary habit because of your, because of your guts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it sucks. I've been there. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking from experience where it's just, I, I try to pinpoint like, why do I feel like, I feel so bad today. What did I eat? And then I look back, I'm like, I don't know. I ate the same thing I always do or I ate these weird things, but it didn't happen to me last time or this, you, you know, I, I can't pinpoint any of it. I feel like, I feel like if I could, I should, I should go like on an all liquid diet for a week and then just start introducing one thing at a time because I have, I cannot rule it out anymore. I can't, well, was it that? Was it, I don't know. I ate that last week. Yeah. But I also ate this other thing that I think gave me. Yeah. So there's all these, I don't know. I just feel like I should just start, start over from square one and just, okay. White rice. Cool. I can eat white rice. All right. What's next? Let's add something to this. White rice and beans. Ooh, no go. 
No go. Can't do beans. All right. Start over. Back to white rice. <laughs> white rice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, just have no idea how to address it. It sucks. I'm there with you, man. Because it's like, like I said, it's just like some nights. I it was may have been when we recorded last Tuesday night. Was literally up all night. I think I fell asleep at like five thirty or six on the floor of my closet because <laughs> it was closest Dude, to the bathroom. Because <laughs> I just like like I would go to the bathroom thinking I was gonna get sick and never did. But then I'd be there long enough that like my legs would fall asleep. So like then I have to like do enough things to get my legs to to wake up to then get up and leave. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> well, no, because like you're just sitting there and like you know you're just like because I don't want to like be like with your face in the toilet, but you're just kind of sitting there like, oh, this is gonna happen. I'm like, I'm I'm here. I'm ready for it. And nothing happens. But then like you get up and like, well, I'm sorry. I would get up to leave and then I'd get nauseous all over again. Like, well, here we go. And you know what else happened last Tuesday night? Texas tech lost to Baylor. That had to be what it was. Just hated. That's it. Hated losing to Baylor that much. Yeah, that's it. It's also affected how I sleep, man. I got to prop up like a bunch of pillows and that sucks. I've gone all in. I was like, I don't know if this is like a, like, like I said, a shared pregnancy system because Samantha's had some really bad indigestion. Um, she had also t- taken, she had started the that 14 week of Meprazole treatment, but one of the side effects is like really bad um, joint pain, which she was already oh, experiencing great. joint pain, yeah. you know, as a, you know, fairly pregnant lady that she is. <laughs> yes. But uh, so she actually had to stop because it hurt too much. Like I'll just deal with the indigestion. I was like, well, I can take on some, some joint pain. And I actually haven't had any, but man, so this is some, this is some good podcasting. This is a, uh, what do we learn and getting to know the 23 personnelers? Oh, I've, I thought of a thing for that because gambling gauchos have the getting the, getting to know the gauchos segment mm-hmm. every now and then I thought we could do 23 P and me, <laughs> 23 P and me. <laughs> Or just twenty three and me. I don't know. Copyright pending. We might get a cease and desist if we if we stick with just twenty three and me. I don't think you guys. So there you go. Twenty three P and me. Twenty three. Got some. Got to know a little bit about our guts and uh, what we ate this week, <laughs> and then how we're not going to sleep tonight because we had, we have indigestion that may or may not be caused by Mark Adams. We're we're not we're not sure yet. And after having like said that, like I tried to be better about what all I ate, I had granted this wasn't like I made the decision to go do it. This is what was provided to us at the activity. But I had Little Caesars pizza tonight, and we I had just not bad. It's, no, but no, I had I had my twenty year, <laughs> yeah, I had my twenty year reunion, and one of my classmates worked at the Little Caesars in Abilene. And she hooked us up because we we had like a day at the park where everybody could bring their kids and stuff. And I hadn't had Little Caesars in forever. And man, it was really good. It may have been because she made them. I feel like I feel like she she made them a little extra special or something. But man, they were still really good. They, they had a they had a ham pizza, and the ham was 
It was like cut in slim. I'm holding up, I don't know, about the size of your pinky or something. Sure. It's kind of sliced, sliced like that. And I, I really enjoyed that. They, they, anyway, she did a good job. Shout out Amber. Good job on the Little, little Caesars in Abilene. If you yeah. see Amber, tell her, tell her I, I said hello. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast. Um, you got Sounds games good. coming up. LSU and Iowa State. Uh, LSU on the road, Iowa State back at home. Um, but you're 0-8 so far in conference play. You've got baseball coming up. You've got the Lady Raiders basketball team uh, that are performing. You can throw your fandom behind because they certainly can use it. Um, I mean, my goodness, they're they're doing... They are on the right direction. Let's put it that way. And of course, you got baseball uh, in about a month or so. But for us in 23 Personnel, from Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.